Rose. Um, so, yeah, Tommy, Tommy just said I am speaking on um, what is the church, but um, that is not quite correct. I, ooh, I know, for a long time, so hold, hold that thought, hold that thought. So about um, sort of 10, maybe 10 months ago, um, myself and Max and Jess, where's Jess? Don't know, I'm a paku. Um, and Dale um, went on a trip to India with a few other people and we went to visit um, some friends who are, I, I guess, part of our global, um, the global church, um, people who are living out their faith, um, running freedom businesses and running schools for kids that wouldn't otherwise be able to get into school um, and doing all sorts of awesome things um, and just being the church in um, the local context, context in India. And um, during the time we were there, Scotty and I didn't really have that many yarns about Blueprint, but one day we decided, uh, I think it was a Monday morning, and that's the time we normally have a Blueprint meeting. So we're like, oh, you know, we'll just have our normal Blueprint Monday morning meeting. But it just so happens we're on a bus to Bhubaneswar, and all good, we'll just have it on the bus. Um, and so, yeah, on this bus trip, we stopped, and there was a man um, selling kind of peanuts at the light, so we brought some peanuts and, and newspaper and, and things. And during that time, we talked about... Um, the Catechism series and how a part of that would be um, around what is the church. And I was delegated the church to talk about. And um, kind of not long after I started thinking about the church, I realized it's not actually what is the church, but who is the church. And that is the trap I think we often can fall into with church as we say, oh, the church is over there. It's that one with the pointy thing on it. Um, or we say, oh, the church is over there. That's their website with that bird um, that's really nicely branded and stuff nowadays. Um, or we say, um, you know, the church is over there. That's that guy wearing the kind of dress thing um, that nobody knows the name of. Um, and so there's, there's lots of kind of stuff that can be the church. Um, but if you listen to the podcast um, this week, um, one of the, I- the ideas that was kind of strongly woven in there is that the church is a who, not a what. Um, at its heart... Um, and so, yeah, we, took, we had three, three different kind of images that we were talking about around that. And the wonderful David Kim, I believe, has a, a PowerPoint that he can um, put up. Um, <laughs> that's the one, David, that's the one. Who is the church? <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, so, um, I... This, this is going to be an incredibly, incredibly loose sermon as, as my sermons go. And so I thought to kind of keep you guys, um, at least if you don't take away anything else, you'll take away a nice picture of Mount Ruapehu, which was looking beautiful this weekend. Um, so this weekend, myself and a few others were up at this thing called Synod, um, which is kind of, I describe it, other people talk about it as um, Anglican Parliament. I talk about it as um, Anglican Family Admin. Um, and it was somewhere somewhere in between those things. Um, but it was in the mighty um, town of Oakuni. And, um, I mean, the trip was, was worth it for sure. We had some great snacks. There was this beautiful view of the mountain. I was sitting on a chair that had a spot prize. And I got, got this tiny carrot badge. <laughs> How cute. Um, Scotty got a carrot pen, but I got a badge and it's way cooler. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so that was cool. And we were, we were there meeting with people um, who are part of our, our wider family of the church. They um, 
were kind of from from small towns, from rural places where there's not even a town, they're from cities, um, from around uh, the lower North Island, um, gathering together as, as church family. So um, there's a photo that I took um, of the mountain for your viewing pleasure. Um, and as you see that, you can think, oh, that's so beautiful. And also think, actually, um, the church is people. And also, this weekend, Rose got a free carrot badge when she went to hang out with all those church people. Um, so yeah, the three, if we go to slide number two, we're keeping this here just so that I can kind of just stay on track somehow in this sermon. The church, um, if you listen to the podcast this week, you would have heard about how the church is three three things. This who of the church is three things. A living temple, a family, see Nathan, and a body with many parts. So we're going to start with, with number one, this... Um, Wowee. <laughs> Bless you... My child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going well. It's going really well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who is the church? The church is a living temple. Now, this might be like, oh, yeah, living temple. Yeah? Okay, cool. But um, one, of the, one of the ideas we, we talked about in the podcast, which I'm just going to recap on, um, really shows how powerful this image of temple is. So in the Old Testament, um, there was a place where God was, um, and that was in a physical space. So it was like, okay, God is there. And there were certain people that could go and be near God in that space because of how holy God is. Um, for more details, see the Old Testament. Um, and, <laughs> or, um, <laughs> and, and other Bible commentaries, but we're just going to park that there. <laughs> God, holy, in the temple, dwelling there. Not many people could go there. And then in, um, at the time when Jesus died on the cross, we hear how um, the curtain, which separated the very inner part of the temple, um, the, the most holy of holies, how that curtain was ripped in two, which was the symbolic um, kind of breaking of the divide between where God was and where people were. So previously God was in a very special place in the temple, and then when Christ um, died a death on the cross, that temple curtain was torn in two. And um, from that point on, the sense in which God was just there fundamentally changed. Everything changed. And what that means for us is that there was this shift from the temple being a physical place to the temple being within us. We talked in the podcast about how um, there's this imagery of the temple that's, that's used in one of Paul's letters that says, In him you are being built together into a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In Hebrews, it, 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 it talks more about this kind of um, movement from the temple being a physical place to the temple being within us. But this idea of the, the living temple, um, I want us to think about that a bit more around what we associate with temples and and maybe how that challenges what we, we associate with our bodies and ourselves. So the thing about being a living temple is that God is within the temple. God is close. God is near. And that that place is sacred, which means your body, yourself, is sacred. What does it mean about how God sees you and thinks of you that God really wants to live and dwell within you? And how does that change how you think about yourself and your body? 
how does that cut against your self-talk about um, how you how you look, who you are? I want to I want to kind of raise that as a challenge for us tonight because if we are the living temples where God is just so excited to dwell within us, um, there's probably going to be um, some things that mean that that's hard for us to really believe about ourselves. And um, I, I think God would want to, um, yeah, bring bring healing to that and bring greater truth to that. Um, so I guess one way that I have um, experienced that in Blueprint is that a few years ago, um, during um, well, we used to sing this song, um, and one of the lines in the song talking about Jesus is, um, "You are good, you are holy, and you are worthy," and I fundamentally believe that that is who Jesus is, um, who God is, who the Holy Spirit is. They are, uh, is, they, whatever, um, good, holy, worthy. And at the time, I felt this kind of prompting of God that God was saying to me, um, you are my child. I am in you. You are with me. You are good. You are holy. You are worthy. In me, there's the sense to which we um, become with God. We are invited into um, the life of God, and so we, um, this living temple, this Holy Spirit within us, actually changes who we are. And so I want to say that because um, this idea of the living temple means that the church isn't over there with the pointy roof or over there with the fancy website. The church is actually all of us, and. So I wanted to share some ways that I have experienced the church and I have um, been the church to help us think about this. So um, this week, a moment where um, I saw the church at work was when um, our friend Hamish had a scooter accident and he, um, he's broken his, his ankle and his elbow, so we should be praying for him. But he, um, yeah, he called Scotty up just sort of straight away and that is because Scotty and Hain are, are held together in the bonds of love, and those bonds of love run deep because of Christ. And thinking about um, this living temple, I, I guess um, there's this challenge for us to believe in ourselves that we are the living temple of God, that God is within us. But also there's this challenge to see God in others and acknowledge that God is in that other person. And so tonight while we were praying, I was thinking about how um, I have have met with God. The church has been to me, Martin and Sue McCauley, who used to pick me up from school and take me to youth group. Um, this very old lady, Barbara Boston, who used to play the organ at church in Katikati, um, and who was just this like mighty prayer warrior with a joyful spirit, um, even though she was like 90. You know, she was the church to me. Um the church has been, um, yeah, when I first started getting along to Blueprint, um, Abby Shaw came and picked me up from work and brought me around um, to um, one of the community houses out on Lyle Bay. And um, when she got home, she um, we, we had dinner and then they were like, oh, you know, you should come again another week. And I was like, okay. Um, and so I came back another week and Abby was simultaneously cooking a cake and vacuuming, um, kind of just going above and beyond in the hospitality. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing. And then um, her flatmates came home and ripped into her because apparently she is not that great at cooking. And so they were like, what are you doing baking? And she, she was going above and beyond to um, kind of 
make this moment of, of connection and invitation into friendship special for me as um, a new person um, in, in this community. And I mean, I could go on, but there's been a lot of moments that I have, you guys can all think, let's actually just take a moment now. Um, think of a moment where you have received love from somebody from within this community or from within another church community. Could be as simple as going for coffee or someone um, sharing a story with you or giving you a ride somewhere or lending you some money. Let's just let's just think about that. I'm just gonna pray a moment. Just a prayer of gratitude for any little glimmer um, that we have of where God has been for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that in Jesus, you invite us to um, come close to you. Um, You come close to us. We thank you for the way that um, we have been able to see that in others and for, yeah, just um, the joy of seeing you in others and receiving your love through other people, through their lives their choices and God would you um, challenge and open us more to this idea that you live within us and that there is a a sacredness about us that is bigger than we can um, understand it's in your name Jesus Amen so this this is idea number one this living temple thing um, the second one is family. And um, to share in this, I'm going to invite our wonderful friend Alicia to come up and just um, join me up here and, and give us a yarn about her experience of church as family. So give it up, Alicia Kay. <laughs> Um, I've been a blueprinter since 2016. Um, I'm actually currently in rehab. Um, yeah, I have had some issues in my life that I just chucked away, didn't want to deal with them, and they came to a head. And I'm only in rehab for um, self-harm stuff, but hey, it's all the same. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I um, arrived at Blueprint through a friend of mine, Susie, who I'm sure some of you know, um, and we were actually in another place, another rehab facility down in Golden Bay together, that's where we met, and she would tell me about this wonderful community of people that do life together, that, you know, um, are the hands and feet of Jesus, and I'm just like, you're nuts, these people do not exist, <laughs> I don't know what delusion you're on. And um, for a whole year after I finished, she would convince me to move to Wellington. And um, I um, finally took the chance and I moved. And yeah, my first, I remember my first Blueprint service. It was overwhelming. Um, People were really polite. Um, (laughs) Hospitality and just welcoming was, yeah, it's changed a lot now. Nah, it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I still it took me a whole month to decide um, if this was going to be the place for me. But what really started to change for me is I was invited to Cuba Street Flat for dinner. And I actually remember that first dinner, um, first time meeting Scott, he started having a conversation about abortions, which was not a happy one. But <laughs> um, I know, no, sorry. Like, 
It's fine. It's fine, Scott. No, it's fine. But no, 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 no. Anyway, look. Um, no, but yeah. I just, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, but I was like, these people are real. That's what I'm getting at. These people are real, and they're talking about real things. And I've never experienced it in my life. Um, a lot of people in churches, church communities, tend to, I don't know. You go to church on a Sunday. They say hello. You sit and listen to a sermon. You might have a nice worship show with some smoke machines. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, what's happening the other six days of the week. And for me, coming into a community where I've never experienced love and grace of people um, has been life-changing. I ended up moving into the Cubishoot flat. And I really feel like that prepared me to get to me to rehab in a way because I had never had the skills to be able to live with people. Um, I was quite violent and aggressive. And, yeah, living in a community where people are able to love you through some of your really toughest stuff is pretty healing. And being able to sit down and be vulnerable and have people cry with you is pretty encouraging. And so, yeah, um, I am just entirely grateful for this community. Um, Yeah, it's hard being at rehab, being away from things, but just even not being here, I still feel like this is home for me. I feel, um, yeah, I don't don't have any internet. I'm not allowed internet rehab. I'm not allowed a phone. Um, Everything's monitored that I'm um, allowed to have. And so I rely on contact through letters and visits and... Yeah, people have really come through for me and loved me through my stuff. And it's been incredibly healing. Um, It's family. It really is family. And it's the family that I never had. And so, um, yeah, I'm entirely grateful for this community. Um, Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Alicia. So, yeah, as Alicia said, church um, is family, and this, if you are new here, is an invitation to you to, um, yeah, join this family, and if you are part of this family, love having you here, because uh, our family, um, <laughs> people laughing, so good. Um, I guess I guess the point is, um, when we're talking, you know, if, if we stopped at just point one, that um, the church is a living temple within us, we could be fooled into thinking that, okay, we can just have us and God and, you know, we can just go up to the mountain and we'll just, oh, just, you know, living temple, the temple's in me, that's it. But there's this whole other part that we can't forget in that um, the two, the top two commandments that um, Jesus says summarizes the entire law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor at itself. That love is in its very nature relational and that um, Jesus calls us together in his name. He says, when two or more are gathered, I am, I am there with you. And so we are invited to be connected together by the bonds of love. And that is what family is. And the thing about family, the thing about family is that we don't get to choose who we're born to. We are born into a family and that is before we can, we don't choose that, that just happens. 
And I guess um, that, that word family helps us to understand that um, God is the one that acts first, that we are um, invited into this, this loving family of God, that um, we can't earn our way in, just like you, you don't earn your biology, you don't earn your blood, it's not something that you achieve. Um, it's something that's it's given by God. Um, it's invited by God. And I guess, um, yeah, the, the, the thing that sticks for me around um, the church is family that's been, I guess, a healing, um, a healing journey is to realize that um, God doesn't have any favorites. Um, I think with family, um, kind of in our, our normal family lives, there can sometimes be um, the struggle to really feel like we belong. Um, the struggle where you kind of maybe feel like you're the black sheep of the family or like, oh, that sibling's kind of doing it better or that's those are the cousins that are like really killing it and we're kind of the poor cousins. And there's this kind of um, pecking order that we can we can establish. But um, I guess the, the lesson that I have learned, um, the, the slow lesson God has been teaching me, is that God doesn't have any favourites and that there is equality of love within the family of God, that um, God does not love any one of his children any more than any of the others. And um, I think that that in um, in our time, I know I, I felt this. Have you guys heard of the phrase imposter syndrome? People know that? Yeah, so um, because my um, biological family aren't of faith, um, I guess my experience of coming into the church and knowing people that were kind of many generations deep in church, I kind of felt a little bit like I was the new kid on the block and didn't didn't really belong, didn't know the people, wasn't kind of didn't have a plaque on the church wall of my great grandparent kind of thing, um, and and the sense to which you kind of maybe have to earn your stripes, you have to stick around long enough to really belong to the family. Um, and God has specifically, again and again, challenged me on that. Like, you're holding on to this belief and, and um, this sense of belonging, but actually, I don't have any favourites. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that, will, that resonates for any of the rest of you, but um, I think there's a healing that God would bring where we've experienced one type of family, um, and then there's the family of God, which is a different kind of love, a different kind of family. Um, our own families show us something of the nature of the family of God, but there's also um, a learning and a re, um, reorganizing that God can do in our hearts, um, showing us the, the love that's in God's family. Yeah, we, we talked about this in the podcast this week um, from Galatians 3. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. So the image of church's family is a reminder that we are loved first and that we are invited to be held by that love and to share it. And the third image I want to share tonight is um, this one of a body with many members. I'm not going to read the full scripture because it is just quite crazy the way that Paul goes on about this. He really loves to bring home the point um, <laughs> about like, um, yeah, the, the little bit we have here is for just as um, one body has many members and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, 
so it is with Christ. Um, and in, in the scripture he talks about this, he, he, he really goes to lengths talking about the foot and the ear and the hand and this part of the body and this part of the body says this to this part of the body. It gets quite crazy. But um, this idea of a body having different functions is really helpful for us because though um, it's many and varied, it is one. And that the point I want us to hold on to with that is this idea of unity. So if um, the church, the living temple, is about sacredness and the family of God um, as the church is about love, the body with many parts is about unity. And, um, yeah, there's this, this bit where um, further along the letter he says, if one member, so one part of the body suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. And what this makes me think of is like when you have a chest infection or, um, I don't know, like a really, I don't know, you bang your head on the fireplace and then you get a headache, Um, for example. Um, Your whole body is affected by that. It's not like the, the hand can be like, oh, well, sucks to be you, forehead. I'll just go do my things I was gonna do anyway. Um, no, there, there's this connectedness and, um, yeah, different parts being affected by the well-being of the other. And so I think that the thing that can be hard for us around this, this idea of the church is um, it means being more than just a hand. But if you're a hand, you're also connected to the arm, and that actually restricts some of your... I guess autonomy in a way because you're connected to something else and you're affected by something else and that um, relationship that um, that affects your life can feel constraining but it's also supporting and, and those things go both ways and that's I guess why Paul hammers home this image around unity because it's such a um, human thing to fall into disagreement and to fall into disunity and um, we you know probably all can think of experiences in life where we've experienced disunity within a team or within the church or you know lots of different contexts and it's, it's just so human to have that happen but um, the plea of um, God's heart and the, the plea of the New Testament and, and the letters um, to the early church is to say stay united in Christ be a body that has different parts that do different things but be united as one under Christ as your head and so um, I guess I just wanted to share one little way that I experienced this. So um, some of you will have heard of um, the fivefold um, ministry thing. Put up your hand if you've heard of, of that. Yeah, quite a few people. Cool. So there's um, one of the New Testament letters that talks about um, gifts being given to, to build up the church. And um, those being um, that of being apostolic, evangelical, prophetic, Um, a pastor and a teacher. And so some um, clever person developed a personality test quiz to figure out which spiritual gifting you have, um, which is is classic. Um, And it's probably helpful and gives us some some way of figuring these things through. Um, So a few years ago, I was living in Lyle Bay and did this thing. And um, I got evangelical as like my my top one. And um, another one of my friends at, at, at Lyle Bay got teacher. 
as a top one. And so we're having this conversation about what to do on Wednesday nights in our community and whether we sort of keep trudging on with our small group that we had going or whether we sort of mix it up and did like some sort of community event one Wednesday and then our sort of small group Bible study the next. And we're having a bit of an argument. Like it wasn't, it was a polite argument, as Alicia said, you know, um, politeness. Um, Christian, so polite. Um, it, was a, it was a polite argument, but it was a, a disagreement of sorts because we valued different things. And I was like, if we don't ever meet any people to get along to this small group we have going, like, what's the point? And then my friend was like, but if we don't have a cranking thing that we, like, really kind of work on to get it cranking and, and kind of enriches our lives, then it's no good, like, if we do go and meet people. And it's, it's kind of both, really. Like, both of those things are important. And I realized, because we'd just done this five-fold thing, I was like, ah, oh, so great. I need you to value that thing, and you need me to value this thing, and we need to hold each other in tension and push for, for those things to all flourish. This weekend at um, Oakuni for um, Anglican Family Admin, um, it was pretty smooth sailing. There really wasn't anything exciting at all. But there was one... Um, <laughs> well, it was a bit rugged, eh? <laughs> I didn't actually mean it to be that rugged. Um, it, was, it was quite like, oh, yes, shall we um, pass this motion to do something quite like the square? And everyone was like, I, and then it sort of moved on. Like, it was pretty, it was pretty all good. But there was um, one thing that was put forward, which was around... Um, Social security and to do um, with, I guess, um, housing crisis, um, people not being paid well, sort of, um, I guess, matters of social justice and how the church should respond with a collective voice about that. And there was a bit of disagreement from different people about how we should collectively put our voice forward to respond around this. And so there was probably about 10 different people that got up that shared their, their voice, their opinion, their perspective from their context to do that. And it was really, I guess, beautiful to see that in the end, after everyone kind of said their piece and heard each other, the group voted and um, the motion was, was passed. And then we had this little moment of praying and then um, Bishop Justin was talking about like, hey, actually that was a great moment. That was a great moment where someone was bold enough to share themselves, to share their perspective, for us to hear them out and not just say, nah, you're not on my bandwagon, discount you. But we actually held together um, in spite of our difference and then kind of carried on together and nobody um, kind of went off in a huff. Um, but people respected each other and loved each other in spite of the difference. And I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful moment of seeing this kind of um, outworked. And so, yeah, to finish, I want to I say that these three images of who is the church, all of them are living. It's a living temple, a family that's living, um, and it's a, a body that's alive, united, um, body with many parts, united under Christ as the head. So thank you so much for bearing with me in this slightly um, haphazard sermon on this. Um, I want to just go to the next slide, which is, um, the message uh, version of 1 Corinthians for us to think of, think about this in. So when we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't it the same 
with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our manyness becomes oneness. Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in him. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us to what he is.